Hi, I'm Ben. I'm Corin. And I'm Jordan. And we want to welcome you to our podcast, Society Reborn. The first few weeks of this podcast, you'll get a glimpse into the lives and past history of myself, Corin, and Jordan. After these first few weeks, uh, we'll start bringing on guests every now and then uh, to cover just other topics in general in society that we've seen inconsistencies across the board, uh, whether that's something in regards to mental health in men and just in society in general, or whether that is standards for relationships and what people are expecting when they're going into a relationship. During each episode, we will also be trying a beer during the episode. And so throughout the entire episode, we are going to be telling you our thoughts and opinions on that beer from anywhere from flavor to just general overall taste and if we enjoy that beer or not. While listening to these podcasts, if you have any, if you're going through anything or just really struggling with anything, feel free to reach out to us. We have our email address is societyreborn2020 at gmail.com. Now you can reach out to us whether it's you're struggling with something and you just want advice or if you have a beer that you want us to try or a whiskey you want us to try. Feel free to reach out to us with ideas um, for future episode topics as well. Now let's get into this week's episode of Society Reborn. Alright, so this week's beer, we are drinking the Gingerbread Stout from the Hardywood Park Craft Brewery in Richmond, Virginia. Um, so this is a baseline with uh, milk, so it's an imperial milk stout. Should have some cinnamon, vanilla, ginger uh, with some honey as well as you drink the beer. Um, ideally, the cinnamon will probably be first. Vanilla, as it warms up, you'll get more of. Uh, ginger and honey should probably be there throughout the entire uh, drink. So what do you guys think with a first sip? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely uh, get that cinnamon right off the top, um, I think. But yeah, and there's, I don't know, really that any honey or anything sticking out yet, but I'm sure it'll be there. And like you said, the vanilla, I mean, just as we've found out in the last few weeks, trying a bunch of different ones, that vanilla, yeah, typically will come out more towards the end. So it warms up. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, definitely agree. Cinnamon is there. Uh, Ginger is like very subtle at the beginning. Um, We also do have two guests on this week. Uh, Abby and Hannah, who are joining us and also trying this beer. Mm -hmm. So we'll get their opinions on it as well. Hello. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) (laughs) We are here. (laughs) What do you think about it? Tastes like beer. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Hannah has spoken. I'm currently trying to figure out what I'm tasting. When you said cinnamon, I thought I was tasting cinnamon. And then I took another sip. And I think I'm tasting vanilla, but then I also realize I don't know if I know what I'm tasting. I feel like I should be better at this. <laughs> Welcome to our world. You I think never it's taste the, anything in your life. <laughs> yes, but I honestly eat pretty fast. So can, I feel like uh, <laughs> you, you I can really take the time. taste the gumdrop buttons. Super The very out. festive buttons on this gingerbread. <laughs> Not the gumdrop button. <laughs> it's a good thing we tested that whole range. <laughs> it's true. So on this week's ep- uh, episode, we're going to dive more into uh, just like relationships in general. Um, and this is literally wide open discussion. We This can go anywhere. We really don't know where it's going to go. So um, does anyone have any like 
thoughts initially to start things off about either singleness, being in a relationship, things you would look for, um, like in a relationship. Can we actually start getting a quick background on Abby and Hannah? Yeah, yeah. that's probably a good idea. Who are you guys? Where do you come from? You're holding the what book. What do you do? <laughs> I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, yeah. So my name is Hannah. I am from Illinois. Moved to Minneapolis three and a half years ago. I work for a church. I do college ministry. And I went to the University of Iowa. Go Hawks. Boom. Boo. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I got Jordan, you thank I you. I got your back. Um, fellow Hawkeye in the room. Um, and I don't know. I'm I'm quite extroverted. I <laughs> I am single on the topic of relationships. I've dated one person. I don't know. I play golf. I like to cook. Mm, great cook. Favorite yeah. meal. Favorite meal. Like to cook. Oh, oh. She actually like looked offended that you I know. asked no. that for a second. <laughs> I looked like, offended because I'm like, more how do I like, choose? Favorite meal time would be a little easier, but favorite meal is a oh. lot harder. Mm. Oh, this is really difficult. I really like breakfast. Ooh. See, I like Ooh. breakfast food. I just don't like the time that breakfast takes place. I get okay. that. But Mom I talks. also love dinner. <laughs> <laughs> and how about lunch? <laughs> you know, <laughs> lunch sounds pretty appealing too. She likes to eat. <laughs> I love to eat. Yeah, I love I, to eat too. I love to cook because I love to eat. <laughs> um. Okay. Favorite meal? Oh, Ben, how could you do this? To You're me? welcome. Just delivering the hard questions already. Oh man. That's okay. Good. My palate would tend towards, oh, gosh. like, Mexican food okay. or Ooh. Latin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love carnitas. Mm-hmm. I make <laughs> I make a I'm good pork really carnitas. <laughs> yeah, P- pork carnitas are Ooh. probably one of my favorite things to cook and then make side dishes and things for. Were you gonna make that for my birthday this year? Oh my gosh, I forgot. Yes. I have not forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go pick up a pork butt. <laughs> <laughs> pork butt. Okay, over to you. Uh, a blood feud now exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just want to slip that in there. <laughs> I have not forgotten. Uh, I totally it's okay. did. I'm so sorry. I know. Did we eat anything? Did you? Did you even celebrate Abby's birthday? No. <laughs> I'm, I'm 26. I should be able to cook my own food. I can. I just don't like it. I need to, I need to cook for you. I need to follow up on the pork. This is good, guys. Thanks for having us. This is great. Um, okay, my name is Abby, and I give up my age before, so why not now? 26. And I do, yeah, I'm from Iowa, so born and raised in Ankeny, Iowa. And then went to Iowa State. Go, go. Cyclones, Cyclone Nation. Thank you. Meh. <laughs> um, and I, yeah, went to college there for four years. Um, and then I um, still do, at the time, worked for a church um, called Cornerstone Church in Ames for two years after graduation. Worked for our college ministry salt company. And then um, after that, two years was done. A year and a half ago, I moved here to Minneapolis to work for a different church, same church as Hannah, 
same college ministry, Saul Company, and yeah, have been here for a year and a half now, I think, which is exciting. Um, and yes, I am not as good of a cook as Hannah, but I am the best audience, I would like to say, because I pretty much like everything she cooks. So I like to eat go. food that good people cook. Um, the best sous chef. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what we'll call it. I am the best sous chef. Um, but yeah, random things about me. I love soccer. So Ben and I have Let's chatted go. about soccer. Um, really miss playing that sport. I wish America loved it more than America does, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I love music in general. Um, have really gotten back into reading again, which is fun. But are better than my hobbies. no, they're not. <laughs> You I can eat your hobby. I, I cannot eat my hobby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there are some random things about me. Yeah. Yeah. Are you single or dating? Oh, I am dating. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am in a relationship. Yep. Shout with out. with sweet Micah. And uh yes, we've been dating for like four months ish. Um and yeah, it's been great. And I've learned a lot in that time. Um so yeah good so uh one of the five of us is in a relationship so that's good <gasps> we do yeah. have yeah, that well. different takes. that's exciting <laughs> <laughs> so basically abby will just talk the whole time no yeah we'll pretty go much. with that she Guys. is like an expert on relationships yeah though, yeah so <laughs> i'm an expert so <laughs> listen to what i know that's not true at all <laughs> so i guess the first place i kind of like want to start isn't what you would typically think of as a relationship uh, I mean, you would, but it's not what... If somebody asks you if you're in a relationship, you think of, like, dating. But to me, like, the most important relationships are, like, friendships. Mm. So I guess to start it, what would be... What are things you look for in somebody as, like, a friend? And what are things that you try to do to be a good friend to somebody? Mm. Like, whether that's, like, loving on them. Like, what would those things be? Mm look for in a friend just like in general or friendships in the context of dating um just in general Mm. um just overall friendships like qualities that you look for i guess um and just things that you like your friends to do Mm. as opposed to not doing Mm. i like my friends to eat the food that i make (laughs) 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 and she so abby's a good friend that's good guys are great friends yeah and then to praise me. <laughs> <laughs> Which I do. I do that. <laughs> so should we edit that out later? Yeah. <laughs> so that's all you need for friendship right there. Yeah. All right, I got it. So, uh, like, a big thing for me is just something that I didn't really notice until probably a couple years ago. Um, like, a big one for me is just work ethic. Um whether I can trust you to do what you say or if I'm like working a project with you or something, if I can trust that you are also going to do your part in that instead of having to carry all of that weight. Um, Cause that can just get to be like way too much. Um, so that's like a, that's become a huge quality for me and something that wasn't really a quality until probably the last couple of years that I've looked for. Yeah. And I mean, I, I agree with elements of that too. Um, and with that, like having that worth ethic also to me says that you're going to be able to put in the time and be willing to like work for the relationship and like be there when I need it. Mm-hmm. 
which yeah do you guys find yourselves being more intentional about friendships when you're like as you get older i feel like i i'm just thinking back to childhood it's kind of like you're friends with the people who are around um and i i feel like a lot of people get to this point where they do this like almost friendship trimming or what's the word i'm looking for like Like refining a little bit yeah where you almost kind of like move away from certain people yeah and i feel like some of that's also just like a natural course i mean now i kind of depends on where you're at in life or where what you're doing but for me like going to college was a big part of that like high school yeah it was definitely the people that i was around all the time um and that was what it was but when i like went to college like it's a much larger pool of people to choose from um but also like the group of people that i would call friends greatly shrank mm-hmm. shrunk mm-hmm. words words are hard um anyway but so i would say definitely and i think yeah part of that's just a you know natural course and i would say definitely i mean even moving past college then like that that group has continued to get smaller I mean, in college, I would say there were probably, you know, 10, 15 people that I would call good friends. And, like, that number is probably smaller now. It's just that I have that core group that I know that I can rely on. And some of that has just been time with those people. Mm-hmm. And kind of like we talked about, like, figuring out who's actually going to be there and who's actually those people that you can rely on long term, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel, like, I feel like I felt that of, like, the older you get with the more responsibility you get with adulthood and like whether it's a job or things you're doing whatever I feel like I've learned especially in the move here like friendship takes intentionality and like community in general takes more intentionality than it used to and I think something that in in that learning that that friendship takes intentionality something I've learned with that is like I think probably more so than I realized back in the day in friendships maybe you without realizing it you're you look to be served in some way and I think something I've learned with friendship is like I've actually okay even we're joking about Hannah cooking but like actually something that I love about what I've learned in our friendship is so she's so quick to like to serve others and I'm actually encouraged in that of like, I don't love Hannah because she cooks for me. That's just like an added benefit. But I love Hannah because of who she is. And I think I've just learned in friendship, like genuine friendship is one where like, I'm not just friends with you because you do things for me or serve me how I want to be served. But like, actually I like want to, like friendship is like a self forgetfulness of like, oh, I can lay my life down for you just because I enjoy you, not the things you do for me. So I think like, I think that's something I even maybe look for in friendship is like that too is someone who's not looking to be served but who is they just serve out of the overflow of who they are and yeah I think that's just been an interesting interesting thing with like getting older with friendship and learning that I think it's definitely interesting because like I'm definitely the same way of like kids that I was friends with in high school I really don't talk too much anymore Um, and even like a lot of my college friends I don't really talk too much anymore Uh, But a lot of it is just, like, an openness that people have. Like, for me, that's been something I've realized is the people that I, like, call friends are those who I can be open around. And I'm not, like, I'm not trying to be somebody that I'm not. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also those people who can be open around me and who 
like trust me enough to be able to have like a, any conversation with me, um, which is super. Like I think it's rare in society right now, honestly, because we have we've gotten so dependent on like text messages and like not true in-person communication, um, and I think we've lost a lot of that, mm-hmm. which really sucks. Mm-hmm. But it's something that I really hope changes as like we go through. But that's like one aspect that I've really have like noticed and like have cherished a lot with people that I call friends. So that's interesting because it's it seems to me like there's um, kind of an increase in uh, this idea of almost like toxicity in relationships mm-hmm. where um, I, I hear a lot more people talking about sort of toxic friends that they've decided to like part ways with. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, you know, I think there's probably a healthy balance to that, but I, I'm wondering if that's when you're talking about friendships being sort of others focused, is that something that people pull the trigger on too often, do you think? Or is that like a healthy Mm -hmm. thing? Either one of you, but, um, yeah. Is, is that the purpose of friendship to find relationships that are suited to who we are? I mean, I think there's aspects that are yes and no, like, especially for me, there's people, so, like, being a Christian, I feel like society oftentimes tries to put you in a box of people you can be friends with. But if you look at my box, like, people that a lot of people I'm friends with, like, don't fit the box besides, like, the people that I know through church. Um, like, I, I think just given, like, my past, I think that leads me to go out of my way to be friends with people who I know are could also be struggling with things that I had struggled with. Um, so I guess in a sense, yeah, you're be like, you're having friends that have, I guess I have similar life experiences as you, but then, I mean, you look at like both you and Corin, two of my closest friends, very different life experiences. <laughs> um, and the same thing uh, with like other people up here that I've gotten really close with. Um, even like Hannah and Abby come from very different life experience, but yet we're still like good friends because we can find things that we have in common and that we all appreciate. Yeah. I was just going to say, I think that naturally there are people that you're drawn to mm-hmm. and who are drawn to you. And I think that's a good thing. You don't have to stiff arm. Like I want to be friends with everybody <laughs> because I think right. it's a natural thing that certain personalities work well together and um, are drawn to one another and you enjoy certain people, I think more than you enjoy other people. And some people that might sound bad, but I think it's true. And so even when I moved here, I think I was, I was looking for friends. We were all, a lot of people were in the same boat about looking for like, who's going to be my friends, who's going to be my community. I know it's this church, but who within that group and I used to be friends with a lot more people than I would say even am now because Mm -hmm. I've kind of settled into like these are the people who either we've like worked at our friendship and like every couple weeks I know I'm going to receive a text from this person Mm -hmm. you know who's gonna be like let's get coffee let's catch up and I'm like yes like you have kind of like stayed with me because we both mutually like want to work at this Mm -hmm. um even if we're not seeing each other every day and 
yeah so i think i have learned that i've settled into the friendships a little bit more that i've enjoyed those people and they've enjoyed me and we've had like shared experiences together and it's just kind of propelled our friendship and relationship to be what it is and i think i struggled with that for a little bit because i was like oh i'm not keeping up with so-and-so or i'm not keeping up with so-and-so and even though we're part of the same body community i feel really bad that i haven't kept up with him but I also think that's okay (laughs) I I think that's like what I've had to kind of come to the conclusion of like well they've kind of settled in where they've settled I've settled where I've settled and that doesn't mean that there's any bad blood between us it's just um yeah we've we've settled where we've settled and I feel okay about that (laughs) Do you think it's um, ever worthwhile to, to invest in kind of a one-sided relationship like that where you're actually kind of going after somebody who's not really putting the same kind of investment into the relationship that you are? Yes. Okay. I do think yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would say like it's okay as long as it's not like all of your friends are that way. Like, it's okay to have, like, a couple people that you're pouring more into because, I mean, there's different spots in my life that I needed people to pour into me more than I could give. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, I think that's crucial is you have no idea where somebody's at yeah. in their life. So, there's moments that you can meet a total stranger that you're going to have to just pour into if you want that to be, like, a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I would also say probably my closest friends, there's a mutual like giving of each other mm-hmm. like that is kind of where I've landed with my closest friends mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. the feeling's pretty mutual but there I mean I also kind of think about this like in a marriage scenario too that mm-hmm. at at some points like the husband is going to need the wife to kind of come along and be like mm-hmm. the spiritually strong like let's keep going you know and then at other points the husband will be the one who comes along beside his wife Mm -hmm. and is like okay babe let's go like (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so I think about that similarly in terms of friendships too that like my close friends so I heard someone say this a couple years ago and it's just been really helpful for my friendships especially long distance friendships Um, she talked about relationship bank Mm -hmm. and Hmm. how a majority of the relationship money like bank that I have Mm -hmm. um, should be spent where I'm at it should be spent in the place that I'm at and um, and yeah the reason for that is like God has placed you where you're at for a reason right and Mm -hmm. so I want to be investing where I live and I hope that you would also be invested in similarly Mm -hmm. so anyways application wise that was really helpful for my long distance friendships like friends from college that I was like oh but I made all of these close friends in college how am I ever going to keep up with them and then I have the new people that I'm meeting and for me I have like five friends that I keep in touch with Mm -hmm. who don't live here Mm -hmm. just like close friends I have five of them. Two of them are from my childhood, two from college, 
and I forget who the other one is. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 I'm, from college. <laughs> I'm like doing the math in my head. Like. I know. <laughs> We're just there to round out yes, the top five. Yes, no, yeah, yeah. But it's not many that, you know, like, because I just don't have the opportunity to go as deep. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's okay. Like, I've had to have multiple hard conversations with some yeah. of those friends of like, mm-hmm. hey, things change and... I think that's mutually understood as mm-hmm. we get older and mm-hmm. but it, but there have been many moments that we've both had to communicate to each other like I want to be friends with you for the rest of my life mm-hmm. and so because of that I want to like make this work mm-hmm. and um, yeah so I the relationship bank idea was really helpful to me mm-hmm. um, because then I also have my family who doesn't live here who like would kind of fit into the category of like mm-hmm am I investing in my family? Um, so I just needed to keep that long distance friendship list like really low. Yeah. Um, yeah in order to make sure I'm yeah. invested where I'm at. Cause it can be overwhelming. I feel mm-hmm. like to try to be everything for everyone and you can't be that. Mm-hmm. So it's just like in vain, like you can't mm-hmm. do that. But I think even with the like one sided friendships or whatever, I, th- I would agree of like yes they're worth it but I think have seek wisdom and discernment of like when is that actually becoming toxic to you you know so it's like mm-hmm. even if you pursue that person for a, an amount of time but then if it gets to the point where like it's causing you to just struggle in ways that maybe it maybe it's time to not pursue that as much or whatever so I think I it's like totally worth it and agree but I also think like have wisdom though of like when when does it become or get toxic for you because I think that can happen of Mm -hmm. and it just dependent Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. the circumstance and the friendship or what does it even mean to like pursue that person and give yourself like are you at their house every day cooking like doing <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean and it, or it could be like is it the is does pursuing them look like the one month intentional hey how you doing like mm-hmm. I know that winter is really hard for you like how are you doing how's community whatever mm-hmm. so I think it's like totally agree that it's worth it but I also think like just because we're humans and mm-hmm. we forget that we're humans and not God sometimes we mm-hmm. it can it can get like toxic for us and so just knowing like yeah am I expecting too much of me Mm -hmm. of myself in this friendship that I actually can't give and shouldn't maybe so Mm -hmm. and I think the key point that you mentioned in there is when it gets toxic for you like I don't think there's a really good like overarching like Yeah. yeah this is the point at which it's going too far like everybody's different everybody has you know different personalities like I know I mean for me I very much like I pour into other people and I don't always turn that around and make sure I have people to pour into me and generally that's okay for me like I do all right but like there's other people that definitely you know I know they can't do that and so it's very much figuring out where that is for you yeah yeah Yeah, I thought it was interesting you brought up the with the relationship bank Mm -hmm. you put families into that too Mm -hmm. because I've had a lot of people like as you know, like my sister used to live up here. We used to live together for two, three years, something like that. Um, and like, we're super close, but she moved to Georgia like a few months ago. And I think I've talked to her like three times since she's moved. And it's like 
trying to explain that to people that like aren't like in my family understand how like that works is like sometimes difficult because i'm like like well don't you miss like talking to them and i'm like i do but like they're family like i we don't feel that need because when we do talk we know it's going to be for a long time and we're just going to catch up and we don't really miss a beat like when we're not together um which is like super weird to some people but it also makes sense if you think about like they're a like a relationship bank like it's a relationship yeah you need to pull some out of it every now and then but it's not something you should be going to all the time mm-hmm. but yeah like friendship is like one of those things that's really it's interesting like how it's evolved like at least for me from like high school to college to now mm-hmm. of like what I'm like where I'm hoping to find my friends at mm-hmm. like in high school it was always around like athletics college it was like athletics for a while because I was like what I was used to uh but then like when things weren't going right in life I was like oh if I go to like a bar I can meet people there and like get into like a party crowd um and so yeah then I'm like now my friends more come from like the church but I it's more of like whoever like is in front of me I'll like get to know you like, I'm not going to pass up an opportunity for that. Um, and I kind of want to get, like, your guys' opinion-ish on this. I don't know if it's an opinion or just thoughts, whatever. Just your-ish opinion. Yeah, just your-ish. Not ish. the full, yeah. real one. <laughs> we don't want to go all the way. Um, but since you guys are both, like, involved in college ministry, like, are there things that you would have liked to know when you were in college um, of, like, not necessarily certain people to like stay away from, but like things to kind of look out for, um, like with people, because that can be a time. I know like for me, that can be a time where you meet people that have a different angle. Like they will be your friend. They seem like they have great intentions, but then the intentions are wrong. Mm. Um, so I guess like, like your opinion on that would be great, but then just anybody's opinion on it. I mean, Jordan is like a lifelong college kid. So it's true. And in that time, I've learned that the group you want to stay away from are Iowa State fans. Oh. oh. Amen. Oh, that is cold. Gauntlet <laughs> dropped. I feel like, yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Well, I think one thing that, like, initially came to mind was, well, I'm just, I'm also, like, remembering the high school to college transition of even from a senior in high school to going to be a freshman in college I think there's a lot of expectation and hope of like what that will be like so for somebody it might be I get a redo like people don't know me I can be a totally different person in this place maybe I I got this reputation in high school but now I can have a a star over in this place or for some people maybe they're like I have a great community in high school and I'm terrified because I don't I don't want to redo I want the people that I'm around or maybe like somebody like their friendship was tied to athletics football team basketball mm-hmm. baseball whatever and they're not the star player anymore so I think there's just a lot in general from like the senior in high school to freshman in college transition and I think something I would say is like I think there's this pressure of 
finding the right group or finding the amount of people like I I need to have a big group of friends like people I can go to whatever and I I would say one like just be patient with it and there's not like the pressure isn't like it's not real like you don't you you having 20 some friends doesn't mean you're doing it right Mm -hmm. and you having (laughs) one friend doesn't mean you're doing it wrong and so I think like you just in college like be patient when you're going into college and like just look for people that like will actually care about you as a human and not Mm -hmm. the things that you present in the friendship or whatever and like yeah I think seeing the people that are in front of you and again not seeking for like like how can these people make me to to be something because they're they're never gonna do that like it's not the people around you that make you valuable actually like I mean if you're a Christian then I know that my value comes from God so then I can actually approach friendship and seeking that not looking for approval or value from them because if I do that and then if I come up short where I actually don't find friends that's gonna hurt me and I'm gonna and so I would say like man I wish that I would have even I grew a lot in my walk with Jesus in college but I wish in the beginning I would have even approached it like that of like God my value and worth comes from you which actually gives me confidence to just like meet people and if I find people that like, it's like, great, thanks, God. This is such a sweet gift. And if it's harder, it's like, okay, God, you sustain me. I know that like, okay, I can keep like being patient with the process of mm-hmm. friendship. Yeah. I think it's funny, not funny, kind of funny, that you, <laughs> <laughs> that you said, um, look for people who are going to appreciate you or value you. Because I think in college, nobody really knows how to do that really well. (laughs) Because I think, I mean, in college, you're a teenager. You're starting to learn how to care for people selflessly. And I don't think I really learned that. I mean, maybe until I graduated. (laughs) Like, I'm still learning that. I still don't know how to do that super well. But... I think because I was a col- part of a college ministry and a part of a church, I was able to learn that maybe mm-hmm. sooner even. But I think in college, I think of a lot of students and they're just concerned with themselves. <laughs> they're like, I mean, they do a lot of what you were talking about of like hoping that the crowd that they associate yeah. with is going to be helpful to their image. And so I think that's just, I I just thank God for, being really gracious and kind Mm -hmm. and providing the friends that I did have because we're all kind of stumbling along together and by God's grace it ended in some really sweet friendships (laughs) but I don't think that we loved one another super well I did not love them super well you know Mm -hmm. until like later on and there were I have this one friend in particular who is on my list of five um and we just had to have a lot of conversations, tough conversations about um, just our friendship along the way. And I think there were hurt feelings along the way of like, you're 
looking, you know, like, I don't think I can be what you want me to be. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want you to be a certain person. I like am thankful for you, but you know, but I think I hurt her in some ways because I think she felt overlooked at times um, when like a new friend came along. And so, yeah, I, I, I messed up and (laughs) I am just thankful for, yeah, God being gracious and kind. And I think the other thing that came to mind was um, don't compare your friendships and like it's so easy to look to other groups of people and to say that friend group they're the tightest like they're having so much fun they know each other so well like they have you know no issues and that's Mm -hmm. you will always have an opportunity to look elsewhere and to think that someone else has what you desire and then you're gonna miss what god has given you and that just kind of reminds me of what we tell our student leaders <laughs> even in college ministry of like Diedrich Bonhoeffer talks about the wish yeah. dream of community and how you can um, have this wish in your mind of what you hoped community will look like or what you hope it will look like and you try and get the people in front of you either to become that or you might just miss out and by doing that, you miss out on the opportunity to actually care for and love the people mm-hmm. in front of you where they are at. And that's what Christ does with us. Um, so those are my thoughts. Because I think, too, if you go off like the like a, like the wish dream sort of thing is if you're trying to have people like act a certain way, then you're not putting off a proper image of yourself. Like you're being a fake version of you, mm-hmm. um, which like that's something that I've learned about like myself is for so long in my life I was trying to be a fake person Mm -hmm. and then like when I finally like found my identity in Christ I became like uber comfortable with myself and was like you don't accept me great but like this is me so like that's what it is um which I think like especially now for high school and college age kids is very hard Mm -hmm. because we almost have a pressure that like we're putting on people unknowingly to come off as the best version of themselves. Like you're always basically you're always interviewing for a job at all times, um, like for approval or for whatever it is, which is so detrimental to like a person's like psyche Mm -hmm. that we're kind of like missing that point. Um, with just like relationships and stuff in general of just like be authentic be you don't be afraid to be you you're gonna be loved just be yourself what do you guys think are some good ways to like because we it's come up a couple of times just that that sort of fear of missing out and that's been around forever it's not like that's new but like I it seems like that's getting more intense maybe and how just working with college students have you come across good ways yourself or seen um really cool ways of of limiting the number of voices that you trust to to speak into who you are or that I'm phrasing this badly, but limiting the number of people that have input into you or teaching kids that age to, to limit mm. the amount of 
um, just just the number of voices that are kind of like speaking identity at them. Authori- authoritative voices is that kind of what authority? But we're talking about like you had mentioned, you know, just having twenty friends doesn't necessarily mean you're doing it right. Sometimes you need like fewer ones that you just trust to actually speak into you and confront you on things. Mm-hmm. And if you're sort of just open for business to like anybody and any anyone and everyone can speak into like who you are and confront who you are you sort of that that idea of being yourself can get really confusing and and muddied waters pretty fast um have you I don't know that that like becomes a real practical way of doing that but like have you come across like things in your own life that have helped you sort of choose those people and mm. and tune out a lot of the white noise except for them no <laughs> <laughs> cool moving on <laughs> it's hopeless kids yeah. <laughs> yes but no um part of my story um and even kind of how I came to Christ when I came to know Jesus I was 16 and I was having an identity crisis I think when I think back to that time and I um, struggled a lot with um, yeah what other people thought of me I mean I think we probably have all been there but that was just really pronounced at that time in my life and when I came to know Jesus I remember um, making a list of all of the things that was true of me now that I was in Christ which is cool because I had I learned those things and I knew those things as a kid but I didn't really know how they functionally applied to my life until I understood the gospel and um, so identity I mean, is really a core principle of being a Christian that my identity now is not what other people say I am or who I even think I am, but it's now what Christ says um, about me. And so I would say in college ministry, specifically in what we do, I want, I want our students to learn that, that, that their primary identity is in, now in Christ, like Colossians talks about being hidden in Christ, and I think that's so beautiful and so important to um, know that, like centrally and deeply, <laughs> um, but I also want them to know, like, the word of God is our armor against <laughs> what other, what like our own thoughts, you mm-hmm. know? And so that's what I want our students to know. That's what I want myself to know. <laughs> um, so I just want to be filling my mind with what God says is true of me. And that's pretty cool because, I mean, it's cool that you asked that because I've never thought about that. But that's kind of how it all started with me and Jesus is I had to let go of the things that Mm -hmm. 
I was looking to to define who I was and I had Mm -hmm. to welcome the things that God was saying of me which are far better Mm -hmm. than anything else that I was trying to tell myself or what other people are trying to tell me and so Mm -hmm. um but I'm so fickle so I forget really quickly (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah I would say I I want our students to be equipped with just the truth of who they are in Christ but Mm -hmm. then also with the bible and that truth Mm -hmm. and then also i think we try and create environments um through like discipleship groups and through connection groups um where students feel like they have a space to come and to be themselves and to Mm -hmm. confess their sin and to be um welcomed with the gospel when they do that and so it creates a space for them to to value the opinions of the people in that space Mm -hmm. and to see like what surrounding themselves Mm -hmm. with those people actually does for their functional lives and oftentimes when people like step onto leadership and step into a discipleship group and and commit to a connection group they see a lot of functional change i would say Mm -hmm. in the way that they live because then they're surrounded by people who um can speak into them and they start to value those things because they're seeing the effects of that and then they're like wait this is really good like i get it you know Mm -hmm. um obviously that doesn't happen every time but i think that's the idea yeah and that's been really helpful personally i think to have those spaces to be myself and to yeah i don't know help limit the voices Mm mm-hmm because I've learned that there are people I trust and I learned that the things that they say to me when I do them, I'm like, wait, that's really good. I'll listen to you again. Like, <laughs> and, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that really answered your question, but that just. Yeah. Kind of no. Yeah. And I want to jump in there um, just quick. Like, I mean, we've talked about a couple of times on the previous episodes, like our goal here isn't just necessarily being Christian focused, um, mm-hmm. but I mean, the three of us guys who are hosting the podcast and obviously Abby and Hannah, like we are all Christians. And I think Hannah hit the nail on the head there. Like it, the core of our identity is that we are Christians. And so mm-hmm. therefore like that does influence all of this. And so like we keep talking about all this stuff and ultimately, yeah, like we said, we think this is the answer for any of this yeah. stuff. Like that's where the identity is. And in any relationship that you're in, you have to understand where your identity is. And so if you aren't a Christian, like still though, holding to that truth that your identity isn't in what other people are saying about you. Like Mm -hmm. you have your identity. It doesn't matter what other people say. Like, I think it's very important to remember. See, I'd almost, yes, I I absolutely agree with that. I I almost think it's kind of dangerous having your identity be be only defined by yourself though, too. Like I, that, that can get dark pretty quickly. Like don't disagree. Just, and, and so that that's what's interesting to me is I, I think that kind of, yeah, I, I, I think that holds across the board for anybody, Christian or not. There, there is sort of a balance there of finding people you trust to speak into you, and it can't be everyone, but it shouldn't be nobody. Yeah, yeah for sure. And I think, yeah, even like, okay, as Christians, like what you were saying, Han, of like, the place that I go to first to tell me where who I am or like what is my identity is the word of God and like that's ultimately like 
who should be speaking loudest to me is God through the his inspired word um but I think like like clinging to that and even like letting God's word speak back to my own thoughts that can get dark like you said Jordan but I think like as Christians that if we're doing that first then that gives us a fil- like a gospel lens and filter mm-hmm. of when we hear so like if Hannah if Hannah comes to me and is like hey Abs like I saw you act in this way or say this, this I like if I'm like clinging to God's word when I'm like okay I remember what God has to say about me that in my sin I'm forgiven and that I'm I'm his kid and there's nothing that can change that Okay, so then I can take Hannah's like calling me out maybe for something. I'm not like one either going to this ditch of like, oh my gosh, I'm the worst person ever. But I'm also not going this other ditch of like, what? You don't know what you're talking about. I'm actually able to like filter that with the gospel lens of like, okay, like thank the Lord that I am forgiven for whatever sin I committed. But I can also examine like my own heart, be like, oh, what? okay, she knows me really well. So I think that's part of it, even like the what I said earlier, of like you don't need a bajillion friends. Like actually, like I would rather have fewer friends with more depth yep. than yep. like lots of friendships that are all really shallow because mm-hmm. Hannah knows me really well. So I actually like really value the sweet stuff that she has to say, but also the the harder things. But thankfully, because... Well, as a believer, my my identity is in Jesus. So I'm actually able to hear her. Hopefully, this doesn't happen initially all the time, but with a heart of humility that is willing to ask myself, is that true? And like, mm-hmm. is there something that like I can grow in in this? Or like, I mean, Proverbs tells us that as iron sharpen iron, so one man sharpens another. And so like, I think that's the sweet part about like gospel friendships and communities mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'm actually being sharpened by her, whether it's through conversations like that or just from like doing day to day life. But I actually want to talk about this beer. I don't know how many of you guys have been drinking this. Uh, yeah. So let's check in on the beer. This is it, so it's like fairly it's warm. This is in my glass. This is something I've learned as we've been doing this from Ben too. But like it changes taste as it warms up. Yes, so. uh-huh. very much. Um, which is one reason why I like stouts more than pretty much any other beer because stouts have a weird flavor profile where they do change. Um, but this is particularly interesting. So it is a milk stout, which I think as it warms up, you get more of like the, like of like that milk sort of like f- mouth taste. It, it, I don't think it has dairy in it. No. Thank you. No. No. We just had a realization. <laughs> Abby is dairy free. It's also <laughs> concern. We just exchanged no actual glances. Milk. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh frick. I knew there was something in this. <laughs> Laced with milk. But um but yeah I it's We're milk super devils good. here. Uh, I think just pushing dairy. I think it's probably the, all over better. the streets. Like the warmer this is, the better it is. I think. Okay, is it sweeter to yeah. anybody? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I'm getting that honey. I think on the front end now, yeah. that yeah. honey and a little bit of that vanilla, and at least in my glass with the temperature where it is, like that ginger is hitting hard on the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. But I don't mind it. I I I like it. Yeah. I think the cinnamon's kind of disappeared a little bit more, at least at this point. Yeah. And it might be in this mid-temperature range. It might mm-hmm. come back a little bit more towards the end. But I have something profound. Oh, oh dear. Oh, no. <laughs> Mine's about to be blown here. No, this beer is rich. 
That's it's just rich in flavor. It is. It's do robust. You, do you think it's yeah. good? Because I know you. Because you like IPAs more, don't you? No. She no. What she likes. I don't like IPAs. You like ales. I like. I don't lagers. know. I like light she likes beers. Hams. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let yes, I do. It's kind of nostalgic. But I can't yes. hate on hams because hams is like a soccer beer. Oh. Yeah. Like a lot of like, (laughs) it's a really easy beer to drink early in the morning. Mm. So it's like, do you you drink it early? Okay. (laughs) Caveat. Based on the soccer, we have Premier League. (laughs) Premier League starts. This is in England. It starts at like six thirty sometimes in the morning. So you. So if my team's awake, if my team's playing the six thirty game, I'll have a beer at six thirty. Okay, with this beer, the aftertaste to me is coffee breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hmm. like Pretty the taste itself, not coffee. It's just coffee breath. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> I I feel like how I did have, you taste coffee breath? I feel like I have coffee breath right now. Okay, well that's I, after drinking that. Yes, which isn't I surprising because most stouts have coffee bean of some sort in them as like the yep. base layer <laughs> i didn't oh know that <laughs> i'm like currently drinking coffee with this beer so i don't know i can't <laughs> agree or deny because i feel like it's it's mixed three drinks right here you've got she sure. is hydrated <laughs> <laughs> super hydrated i also appreciate it too because it's like it's a very full flavored beer but it's not like mm-hmm. super thick Yes. Like a mouth taste. It's like very smooth, like yeah. going down and everything. I can officially say I do like it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah That's I the like goal. Thank you for Sweet. sharing. Ben just keeps nailing there, these. There like, you go, Hardywood. We've I got had a multiple friends, myself here, included, so. included yes. who just no, really aren't fans of stouts. And Ben still manages to he, find yeah. that he finds perfect drink that gets people to start drinking them. Yeah. And like, here, I really enjoy stouts now. And Jordan's starting to enjoy them more. And. It's it's impressive. I'm I'm doing my best. I'll give him. You're welcome, beer makers. (laughs) Here's what I would say. I probably wouldn't reach for it. Yep. But as I drink it, I don't hate it. You grow an appreciation for it. Mm. I grow an appreciation for it, like red wine. Oh. Oh. Reviews for this are that it's a perfect Christmas beer. Do you agree or disagree? If you drink it like one o'clock Christmas afternoon with a Christmas meal, it would probably be great. Would you, have a you Christmas ham, which would bring out all like the sweetness of it, because the ham would be salty. Would you That's define true. it as Christmas in a bottle? Well, a, <laughs> or it comes a can. in a can, so I'm, if I'm it was literally reading beer, this off. The can. I would describe it as Christmas in a can. Okay, <laughs> all right. Well, there you go. Yeah. I don't know that I would agree with that review. <laughs> okay, so not quite there, but not quite Christ- there for me. Christmas e Christmas esque. Christmas esque. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Cool. I could I could be down a clown with this beer around Christmas time. <laughs> down to clown. <laughs> I love it. Specifically around Christmas. Are you gonna promise that you'll drink this beer for Christmas and then not do it like you promised? No way. <laughs> <laughs> Shots oh. No way. Ball. No way. No. <laughs> oh man. All right. You suck. So so <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I kind of want to you know talk a little bit here. So originally this podcast was gonna be about relationships. We've been talking about friendships a lot. True. Believe Friendship. it or not, we've been talking for an hour Whoa. almost. Wow. So there's a good bad. chance this. this 
We can talk for an hour. Here's a transition. Friendship matters in relationships. And that's where I was going with that. Like, I kind of want to turn that corner. And I think a lot of what we've been talking about here, like, at least to me, like, friendships, that needs to be the basis for any relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of what we've talked about here about what are you looking for in a friendship? How do you become a good friend? Something like that. um, That should definitely impact as you're looking into relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of We're information. Open, a lot here. of wisdom We're here. Can of worms yes. here. So, all right. So talking about relationships, we've kind of already hit. Abby, you're in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Hannah, you've had one. I've had one. Ben? This is bad. Uh-oh. <laughs> Four or five. Okay. I think. It's like my fifth long-distance friend I could have <laughs> <laughs> Jordan, what about you? Um, I mean, a couple. I, I If we're going, like, serious relations, I'd say, like, two. Two or three. Okay. But, yeah, one or two. I, that number's jumping around a lot. <laughs> two or three, one or two, never. Serious, never. Five, None. Okay. Zero. Two or twelve. Fifteen. All right. It was fifteen. No. Um... Yeah, no, I'd say to you, okay. probably. Yeah. Most of my, actually all of my relationships were from before I became a Christian. Um, so I looked for a lot of different things, which is probably why I've been single for four, three or four years now. I don't, math's hard. Um, but I think a lot of it is just like I'm looking for different things. Um, like before I was a Christian, I was looking for what society said, like you should look for in people, which led to failed relationships, whether it was on my side or on their side, it just didn't work out. Um, so I'm kind of interested to get like your guys' take on that of if your relationships were before you were a Christian, were there things you looked for that were different? Um, and even if you didn't have a relationship before then, were you looking for different things than like when you like firmly placed your trust and your identity in Christ? I think that's a good caveat because so mine was junior year of high school. So it's been a while. Um, But yeah, that was definitely before. I mean, I was a Christian, I would say, but my relationship definitely changed um, with God when I got to college. And stuff like that. So, um, I mean, I think there's definitely been some stuff that's changed. I, I don't know if too much has really changed for me, but I, I think a lot of it's always been, for me, has been like a lot of what we talked about, just like having that somebody that's just that will be there, that's going to be reliable. Um, and I think, I mean, this is a whole another road that we'll jump down, I think, in a minute. But um, the idea of like love, like culture has what they say love is um i think love is very different it's a choice i what i think culture usually starts talking about it more of like the attraction element and i think that's definitely important in looking for a relationship but i wouldn't say it's everything but we can go down that road in a minute back to ben's question Mm -hmm. yeah i mean so i before i was like well okay i I came to know Jesus, I don't know what age, like 10, 11, 12, 
season finale of American Idol, Kelly Clarkson was singing in the background. That's <laughs> <a day. laughs> Whatever day that was. There you go. I, I should just look it up so I can just say how old I was. But that's a much better yes. description, though. So yeah, <laughs> yeah seriously. Has shout out Kelly Clarkson. No, shout out God. Okay. Boo, Kelly Clarkson. Okay, let's not go that far. Um, <laughs> um, but so like. So I came to know Jesus around that point in time and then feel like had a spurt of growth in my walk with Jesus. Um, but then, I mean, speaking to like friendships again, like I just basically had like no Christian community in like middle school, high school. And I had like one girl that like also said she loved Jesus that I was like friends with. Otherwise, like my closest friends were people that were not walking with Jesus or like in a genuine like relationship with him. And so... I just grew really complacent in my faith and like, um, yeah, just like, yeah, wasn't, wasn't actively pursuing a relationship with God. And so in the midst of that, like, so, but like I'm dating Micah now, but before him, there was like two relationships that I had basically been in. And the first one was when I wasn't really walking with Jesus. And I think, yeah, it's interesting even like hearing you, Corinne, like talk about yours because I feel like for me, it was like I knew as a believer what I should maybe be looking for or care about, but I wasn't. I was like not walking with Jesus. I wasn't like reading God's word. I wasn't confessing sin, pain, weakness, victories, joys, whatever. I wasn't like in community, whatever. And so I think in that relationship, I compromised a lot. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I basically put things aside that I for sure value now and care about now. But then, like back then, I kind of put them aside and basically made it be like, well, he kind of like, he says that he loves God and has a relationship with him. (laughs) He like totally didn't. But I was like, I basically overvalued like other things in the one thing that now I'm like, that matters. Like is the thing that I like put to the side and and, and at that time, I like, I think I just told myself lies of it's not that big of a deal. It won't really affect mm-hmm. me. And it was really toxic and bad. And thankfully, God has been kind and like extending grace to me. And um, even me getting out of that relationship was by God's grace because it was a three and a half year relationship. So it was like mm-hmm. pretty long and toxic in that sense. But so I would say my answer is like, Oh yes, for sure. <laughs> like for sure things have changed since now I like am actually like walking with Jesus and decisions that I made then are now like, okay, I I really value I think I think in college I learned like I would say I didn't have a checklist of things and looking for people, but I totally did in a in a not healthy way probably of just like mm-hmm. all these things. And so I think since even in college what I learned was like Actually, really what I value is one walk with Jesus. Like, are they actually pursuing relationship with God? Not just something they say or they don't just go to church, but they actually like are pursuing relationship with him. And then is the friendship piece there? Can I be their friend? I think that's just what I've even learned recently is like friendship matters. And then also I think to your point, Corin, just like, yeah, be, are you like, are you attracted to them? Maybe that was probably overvalued back in the day, but Mm -hmm. like, Yep. It, I think it still it matters, but it's mm-hmm. not like the first thing that like I'm looking for or is of utmost importance. Actually, that's like somebody's 
relationship with God. Mm-hmm. But so I would say that's like kind of what's changed. It's, I feel like it's simplified. But when I wasn't walking with Jesus, I didn't. Those things <laughs> weren't necessarily what I was like paying attention to. Mm-hmm. This is interesting too because I the the relationship I would say that was kind of most serious for me was actually um, during a period where I, like I was going through a lot of growth in just my relationship with God Um, and it was around like we were at a Christian school it was around a lot of Christian community but the relationship itself was like we connected with each other out of our own insecurities Mm -hmm. and so it was this kind of like feedback loop of like we're fine individually the second we got together it was like it just turned into something bad for both of us Mm -hmm. and um so I, I think it's possible to like I, you know depending on age and time of life too maybe likely to that like just being Christian is not a magic bullet for having like oh. just because you kind of <laughs> mentally have your priorities does not mean you live them out very well mm-hmm. or very maturely and that's okay like you learn but like that relationship taught me a lot just in terms of like okay common sense what do you want in somebody that you're trying to like do life with on a very intimate level and it you're I mean you mentioned like friendship a couple of times it's yeah I mean you there needs to be that um kind of feeding into each other in a in a way that's encouraging and and uplifting and building each other up not mm-hmm. you know it, it's very you're just as likely to be immature and and insecure in a relationship as a Christian as as not. <laughs> Some yeah. of that you just grow as a person, mm-hmm. and that's this is one of those things where I it seems like the church almost is more influenced by like the cultural view of what relationships are than the other way around. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's a question I have, I guess, is is like as just even within church community, have you found like being in a relationship has changed? I don't want to say like the access you have, but the the way that you operate and relate to like the community that's in our church. Wait, can you rephrase that question? Yeah. I'm trying to like understand. What like, I'm getting at is it I, I feel like, and I don't think this is just the church, but I think this is maybe a good example of something that kind of happens on a wider scale mm-hmm. too. But for me coming up in, in the church environment that I did, there's almost this kind of like unspoken yeah. mentality that if you're not in a relationship yet, you're sort of pending like you're not fully Christian yet or you're not fully like a person yet almost like you're just kind of like your life is sort of on hold until that piece drops into place hmm. have have you felt some of that has that changed a little bit now that you are in a relationship like is that or not really yeah yeah that's interesting I mean so backing up a little bit like all of most of college like three and a half years of the four I was single like actively a part of a church in a college ministry and I think like 
I think personally, I feel like people feel it to different degrees of like, because I think even if you're just speaking specifically like, uh, almost like the culture in a college ministry, it's like often people feel this pressure of like, I need to to be with somebody yeah. or like I need to find my person in college and if I don't then I think there's two bad ditches in that I think you can have the person who's like over consumed and obsessed with like I need to find somebody and then you have the person on the other end that is like no I don't want to be that so I'm fine <laughs> on my own and I was for sure that one <laughs> I, was like, I was which they're both not good ditches because right. they they're both probably coming from different insecurities or fears whatever mm. and so I think you feel that in like when you're in college in the church but then I just think maybe as so I'm 26 and like yeah and I feel like for the most part have like been single in my like young adult years or whatever you would call it mm-hmm. but I think like yeah you more people around you get married I think especially in mm. church yep. when you're like in a church community like I saw, I've been in a, in a good amount of weddings of my (laughs) friends, like getting married. And, Uh and I think there can be maybe this like unspoken, like, uh, pressure or of like, yeah, you, you're, oh, you're still single or Mm -hmm. whatever. And I think it just, I think it comes back to where's my identity and like, Mm -hmm. what am I rooted in and what, what is what is like defining my worth in yeah just like going back to that of like that is how I have spoken back to um even if I were to like feel that in those years or whatever but I think like being in a relationship now I think what's been interesting and maybe what's been surprising and I've like talked about this like with Micah is like I have felt probably more so than I would have guessed of like not comparing me and Micah's relationship to other people's stories or like mm-hmm. my friends who have who are now married who mm-hmm. like dated for this longer in this way and I think that's been something that has been surprising to me in now being in a relationship of like a lot of people around me that I'm close to are married and it's truly different for everybody of like just the even the progression of the relationship whatever and I think what I found myself having to like be careful is like don't compare Hmm. and don't compare to what other people's story of their relationship is or was and let that impact like mine or whatever and so that's been an interesting one to me I didn't suspect me like having that that's been I don't know surprising to me and just had to come back to like no this Comparison's a thief of joy. So, like, that's actually, huh. like, stealing joy from my relationship with Micah in the way that it is when I'm, like, comparing it to other ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's, like, a really good point, too, of, like, feeling that pressure. Because, um, like, I talked – me and my sister talked about this a lot, like, when we lived together, of – the church and society both put a pressure on people when they're, like, going to college, like, ring by spring – yeah. Oh, no. Like, <laughs> no, like, that's not a thing. Oh, dear. Um, you didn't go to Christian school. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Yeah, that's a thing. Yeah. 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 And so, like, yeah. it's just crazy because it's like we're putting such this huge pressure on people 
at like that age um and just in general of like you need to find somebody to like be married to but yet there's like countless examples like not only through like society but through like christianity of plenty of people who've been extremely successful and very very happy individuals who never married mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. that's so like to me that's so important of like having people understand that if you don't get married it doesn't mean you don't have worth mm-hmm. like if you don't get married it just means you don't get married like there's still ample ways and ample things that you can do mm-hmm. to have an impact on people mm-hmm. um, I think that's lost in every aspect of like normal society culture and also like church society church culture of it's like we're putting all this pressure on but we don't give credit to people that have been single and stayed single their whole life yeah I think something that has um, been difficult for me has been okay I'm single but that question of like what's wrong with me like Mm -hmm. continues to kind of haunt me in some ways like if I'm whatever I'm 25 so Mm -hmm. all of my close friends a lot a lot of them not you I love you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Abby, you are the greatest gift. (laughs) Apart from Christ. Um, She is totally going to make you cardinal. You are a great gift to me. You're amazing. But um, (laughs) anyways, I think a lot of my friends have gotten married. And Mm -hmm. similarly, I've been in a lot of weddings. And Mm -hmm. um, I think it's like really tempting to go down the road of Mm. indulging that question um and feeling like there's something wrong with you and that's why you aren't in a relationship or Mm -hmm. haven't been quote-unquote snatched up like you know (laughs) what I mean and yeah definitely yeah and then I think personally something that I've struggled with in the last probably year and a half more so than I ever have struggled with this is this desire to move air quotes move into the next phase of life Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm stagnant Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's been something that I've struggled with maybe even more so than the desire to be in a relationship I feel really anxious to move into this next stage because Mm -hmm. I see all of my friends I'm getting married and starting to have kids and all of that. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm still here. I have the same job I had when I graduated. Like, (laughs) like, you know, and so even last year that led to me, like, for me, that was a desire of control. I felt because I couldn't control my relationship status or this thing that's going to move me into this next phase it made me start contemplating other areas of my life that I thought I could control. Mm -hmm. Like even my career and my job, I considered getting a different job because I was like, okay, I'm ready to move on. Mm -hmm. And if I can't do that through the means of (laughs) being in a relationship and getting married, then I'm going to do that another way. And Mm -hmm. so that's been a, something that um, I've dealt with a lot in the last year. 
Yeah, I feel like that question of what's wrong with me, like, you know, when I look back at, you know, between now and when I was last in a relationship, like, yeah, there have been girls throughout that that I've been interested in and stuff. And like, when none of that ever pans out, it's just like that, that question does come up. And it's, it's really hard not to fall into that trap of just letting yourself go down that road. And, and I have. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not that I haven't fallen exactly. into that trap. I totally yeah. have. Yeah. 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 I think. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I guess with with this, we could kind of like start it from like a beginning of a relationship, like the initial like asking somebody out sort of thing, or like getting asked out. Like, so I know I've talked to both of these guys about this before. Of so before I became a Christian, I had like zero concern of like asking somebody out or like anything like that. Like, I was just like, yeah, yeah, why not? And now I'm like. I don't know if it's like a, like I'm nervous to do it or if like I don't want to screw something up or if I don't because I've made like a lot of mistakes um, just in general. Me too. But like with being like a Christian now and like knowing like what I'm looking for, like for me it's really hard because it's like the whole purity thing. Like I don't have that anymore. Like I gave that away. And that's something I regret. But, like, so for me, I don't know if it's, like, I'm so scared to ask somebody because then eventually they will find out that. And, like, how will I, how will they view me um, in that aspect? And so, like, for me, I feel like it's really hard for me to, like, be in a position to actually take that step of, like, trying to date somebody. Um because I know what I'm looking for, but yet at the same time, the there's a part of me that doesn't feel like I can measure up to what they would be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess like, what's kind of like your like opinion on just like, not even say like that specific thing, but just like in general of like, how do you go about something like that? I guess. Oh, I definitely feel that it's it's terrifying and like yeah, there's. For me, at least, like, the last few years, like, any time that idea has crossed my mind of asking somebody out, like, the biggest fear in my head is, okay, because usually it's somebody that I know already. I know them well. And, like, that thought is, what if this screws up what we already have? Like, you know, I don't want to ruin that friendship. And, I mean, like we talked about, like, I feel like that friendship element is so key to making a relationship work. But, gosh, you take it feels like you're taking a big risk when you yep. take that step because it's like, well, if it doesn't work out, you know, are we still going to be able to be friends and stuff? And <laughs> it's weird. And it's tough. And I unfortunately don't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of what I'm at, too, where I feel like this is an area that, uh, like, church circles, I feel like, have in in some ways could benefit from being influenced a little differently but have kind of almost adopted this like spiritualized version of the Disney rom-com relationship (laughs) and and a lot of kind of like just common sense has gotten taken out in the safe in, in the name of being really kind of spiritual or um biblical in a way that isn't actually biblical it's just higher standards that nobody actually lives up to um so this is like 
and this is, I think, one of the advantages too of of being older and single and then starting to like get into relationships is that you already have more of an idea of what your baggage is Mm -hmm. and you get into it like eyes open you're you're consciously joining your life with somebody knowing that they're a person and not Mm -hmm. because you are very aware that you are too now (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah, I, I, this almost to as much as marriage is a huge, huge topic in the church that has a lot of different stuff connected to it and is spiritually speaking a very kind of central thing. There's a piece of there, there's some like something in our approach to it that could benefit from just chilling out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that I, I've definitely everything you guys are saying. I've struggled with that myself, and on the other side of that, though, too, I'm I'm also getting more to a point too where I'm I'm thinking like this is you you give up some of yourself getting into a relationship, and that's something like that you need to make a choice about too like you you are you are no longer in control of your life the same way mm-hmm. and that's not a bad thing but it's something you should do like consciously not just sort of as i've graduated and now this is the next step mm-hmm. like I, I mean i think the divorce rate within the church and out kind of speaks to the fact that we're not really great at this yeah. or or thinking through it in a way that is actually realistic mm-hmm. and that's the other thing is like i've talked to my brother about this actually like i was just down to see him almost six months ago now but um like divorce runs in my family too and so like mm-hmm. me and him have talked about that just like how like one for me like how scared that makes me to go into a relationship because i know what that did to me mm-hmm. um and i don't want to put like my kids through that um and so that's like another thing it's just like do i want to risk that like is it worth it and like being able to talk to him about it it was crazy because it's like what him and his wife had said was like they made an agreement before they ever got married of this is something we are fighting for mm-hmm. Um, and like, that's something that like, once I find that person, like they're gonna have to understand that, like this has to be fought for. Like marriage isn't something that is going to be easy. Like it's something you're going to have to fight for. Um, I think that's also important of like, that's also to me why the the divorce rate is so high is people go into expecting it to be like super easy and everything's going to be all great. But it's not like you're gonna have challenges along the way, mm-hmm. um, and you need to understand that, like going into it. Yeah, I think something that I've thought about recently, um, kind of going off of what you said, Jordan, is I have been really quick throughout my life to assume that I'm not the statistic, mm-hmm. and I think there maybe there's a danger to um the way that the church has portrayed marriage as people not assuming like divorce will never happen to me like 
-hmm. when you, you know like there's a danger there when we just like that apparently isn't the healthiest way to even go about thinking about about that because mm -hmm. it hasn't avoided any other divorces <laughs> like right. yeah. you know what i mean and so i we were talking about this as a staff yeah. a couple weeks ago and i'm like i mean that's how i used to read the bible of like i'm not the I'm not the one who nailed Jesus to the cross. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not the one who, you know, like, mm -hmm. is unclean. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, I almost see similar thinking, even when it comes to marriage. It's like, I'm never going to be the one who cheats on my husband. Mm -hmm. I'm never going to be the one who gets divorced. And it's mm -hmm. like, if you follow a biblical narrative, that might be you, right? Yeah. Like, right. <laughs> and, and that doesn't mean that God's grace is any less sufficient or... Right. Or powerful in the midst of your scenario. But I I think we have to be sobered in some ways by thinking yeah. rightly about like like taking things more seriously than we are taking. Mm -hmm. You know, like I don't know if that's exactly what I'm getting at, but the last like month or two I've been like, I don't know if I want to get married anymore. Like, <laughs> like it just sounds uh -huh. like terrifying when you think about what the bible says right. about like the standards for marriage and you have like there has to be death to self in that mm -hmm. and you got to make that choice like yeah it's kind of scary it's good i think but it's like yeah. scary i've thought more about it than i ever have mm -hmm. and like abby was saying i think that the kind of two ditches there mm -hmm. those those don't go away and i've definitely right. sort of waffled back and yes. forth like yeah. yeah over the last several years between the two of them mm -hmm. where it's you know and and it's been a lot of the concerns you're talking about there are yeah I mean I I have those too and I, that's kind of the the answer I keep coming back to more and more is like you're saying it's a fight but that's a choice to to, to fight for that it comes down to choices yeah. that you just you get to make the right choices but I mean, the Bible also talks about counting the cost, and this is like, and by which I mean, when I say giving up control of your life, I'm not from a Christian perspective. I don't think we any of us has control of our lives. But even your relationship with God goes through a transformation once you're not just you and Him anymore. Mm -hmm. And this is something my mom has actually talked about with me a couple of times where she, she one of the things that surprised her most after getting married was she felt like God kind of took a step back mm -hmm. in his relationship with her because he was taking her marriage seriously and and it that you are no longer just you and God anymore you are you and this other person and God together mm -hmm. and when it's talking about like you become one flesh one person like it means that <laughs> like you are you are joining your life to somebody in a way that is awesome and wonderful and beautiful but it has very real consequences and I you know I obviously I've never been married so I can't speak super knowledgeably <laughs> to this but but I mean there there's something to say the the i the the sort of default narrative that we sort of go for in terms of just oh this you know 
you met in a super cute way and there was a lot of chemistry just doesn't seem to cut it when you're actually looking (laughs) at the reality of what you're talking about doing right and so i mean we've just started scratching the surface but i think we could keep going on this for a long time um and i think it'd be great to have you guys back on at a later point and we can continue this discussion sometime if you guys are up for it <laughs> you didn't fun. suck <laughs> maybe but, they didn't exactly i mean you're making the best sure. guest that we have ever had on wow. the show so exactly we'll we'll do a new year's eve show together uh, but yeah, so thank you guys for coming on and discussing Thanks this. For having us. Um, it's been a blast, and you guys have had a lot of great insight. It's been fun to talk through this. As we're wrapping up, hey, can I can I yes. share a, a, a resource? Yes, absolutely. So Sam Albury, I think that's how you pronounce that name. Um, he wrote a book called The Seven Myths of Singleness, and one of my favorite like little nuggets from that book is. Marriage shows the shape of the gospel while singleness shows its sufficiency. Hmm. And I think that's like really helpful. I feel like that could be a whole conversation in itself. Mm -hmm. But that book is like really good for single people, dating people, and married people. Like, Hmm. I think sometimes we pigeonhole like if there's singleness or marriage in titles of books, you think I need to be in that place to read it. (laughs) But no, like, I think it's good. Mm-hmm. It's it ha- it's a really helpful book when thinking about when this whole conversation of singleness yeah. and dating and whatever. So cool. Mm-hmm. Just want to share that. Yeah. Yeah. Thank thanks. Mm-hmm. So yeah, as I said, thanks guys for coming on. Let's one last try of the beer. Ooh. Last thoughts before we jump off. Uh, ben, you want to kick it off here? We'll yeah. I mean, I'm the one that's done with my beer already. Um, <laughs> I have most of it left. I was going to say, I think think (laughs) Hannah has some she could share with you. I mean, nobody finishes it. I'll drink it. It's fine. Um, But this is probably my favorite beer so far we've had Mm. on the podcast. Um, Saved it for us. It's just like super full. Like it's the conversation. It's a good tasting beer. Um, I am a stout person. If this was an option, this would be something I would go for. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> um yeah this would definitely be like a beer if it was there and i saw it but yeah i'll take that um super good flavor definitely more vanilla at the end um there's like no cinnamon now at the end but yeah yeah definitely getting sweeter as it warms up yeah definitely. i it was a winner i like it yeah, I feel like I'm maybe gonna be give stouts more of a chance. Let's go. <laughs> One convert. There we go. There's a chance I will take a sip of Abby's <laughs> there we go. when she gives it a chance. <laughs> I'd call these all wins. Yeah, I, I'm really enjoying it. Um I'd agree, Ben. I I'd say this is the best one that we've had on the podcast. Granted, Jordan's caveat to that that part of it's the conversation, I think is definite yeah. like you know, uh, you could have the best beer of the world but without the right people. I mean, wow. who cares? But, <laughs> it, just, it would ruin but, it. Yeah, I mean, so, again, thanks, guys, for coming on. Everybody, thank you for listening. Um, 